Okay, coach, if you'd like to start with an opening statement and then we'll have questions. Well, we're excited to be in Indianapolis and part of the NCAA tournament. It's something I missed the past few years and um, my players are elated. Uh, it was a tough grind this year, going through four COVID pauses and missing about 55, 60 days of practice, but our players handled that adversity with, with class and um, they were very resourceful and played four tough games and came away with the victory and I'm proud of them. Okay, we're gonna start with Howie Kusoy. Howie. Hey Rick, how you doing? Good, thank you. Uh, I wanted to ask you actually about Tommy about Marco and what made you want to get him on your staff and what it's been like having him with someone with such a veteran presence and has obviously been around a lot of tournament teams and has a very similar upbringing as you. Well, Tom has had 17 jobs and there's two people in my lifetime that I met were totally unique. Uh, one was David Pritchett, who was Lefty Drizel's assistant coach, and Tom Abadamako. The two of them I've never seen so incredibly into recruiting. It's their life. It's their, they, uh, Tom must speak. If I go to the restroom in Indianapolis and I see him in a hallway, he says, wait a second, I'll put Coach Patino on. And I'm trying to go to the restroom. And I said, Tom, I'll be right back. And Every place I go, he says, hold on, I'll put Coach Patino on the phone. I've never seen anyone so dedicated to recruiting as Tom Abadamako. And at age 71, he's such a uh, pleasure to watch because his enthusiasm for recruiting is unparalleled since Dave Pritchett. Thanks. Next up, Eugene. Hey, Rick, it's not your first rodeo, but it's the first NCAA tournament for a lot of your players. What's been your advice to them this week? Well, I told, it's a lot different being in a bubble and not being able to go outside and seeing the fanfare and being part of all of that. Uh, we have watched uh, just so much film uh, just to tonight. We'll watch a movie just to try to occupy the time because there's nothing to do all day for these guys. So it's a little bit different than the normal NCAA experience, but it's, it's obviously a necessity to do it this way. And we just try to tie up their time with meaningful things. And from your experience, uh, what's the biggest mistake first timers make at the NCAA tournament? Is it just getting too caught up in the moment or is it something else? You know, I don't think there, I, I really don't believe there's a formula or there's any mistakes that are made. Uh, I, I, I do think that you really have to enjoy the experience because you don't know when it's going to happen again. Uh, regardless of who you are and what seed you are. Um, you, you just don't know when lightning is going to strike in a positive way for you. Um, so you, you just really need to just enjoy the experience, be prepared, relax, certainly, and just have some fun. And uh, now that you've had some more time to look at Alabama, what's your impressions of them? Well, there's very few. I mean, there's a lot of great teams. Gonzaga's a great team. Michigan's a great team. Illinois is a great team. And the one thing that makes them so great, like Alabama, is they're equally as good at the defensive end as they are on the offensive end. So that, that's what really uh, is the formula for a great basketball team. It's not just offense, it's defense. And they're a top two uh, adjusted defensive team in the nation. And they're also an explosive offensive basketball team. So they have a great system. They're fun to watch. 
I'm not sure it'll be fun to play against, but they're fun to watch on film. Thanks, Rick. Uh, we'll go to Dan Gelston, AP. Hi, Rick. Um, do you ever find it, or friends and families perhaps of yours find it difficult that no matter you know how much you accomplish, uh, and this year is kind of a feel-good story that things that happened in your past, personally, professionally, are constantly brought up. And does it ever take some of the, I don't know, joy is the right word, but some of the satisfaction of, you know, trying to live in the moment and when you constantly have to relive the past? You know, personally, I've I've got to make amends with my family if I've done things wrong. Professionally, they know what I'm all about. They know that nothing being said is has any semblance of truth at all. So they're fine with that. Um, but no, we, we, we don't, we're a family that is very strong together and we don't pay a whole lot of attention to, to that. We know who we are, what we are, what we believe in, our values and so on. And uh, when we make mistakes, we own up to them. So we're fine with everything. And you mentioned uh, that you brought eight suits with you. Why not dress down like so many other coaches have this year? It's just a motivational tool that I do with the players to show them that this is the conference tournament. The NCAA tournament is far different than the normal experience of, of games. And I, I don't think fashion is going to help me win. I don't think it's going to enable me to lose. So we, I don't pay too much attention to that as well. Thank you. Uh, Barbara Barker, I believe from Newsday. Hey, Rick, um, you, you started your basketball career really on Long Island by playing basketball, and now you're back in the New York area, and you've had so many ties to the New York area. What's it like at this point in your career? I you know, heard you've said this is the last place you're going to coach, kind of the symmetry of being back here in New York. Well, I've actually started my basketball career in, in Manhattan. Uh, first, I've eight or nine years of my life on 26th Street. Oh, okay. All right. And Third Avenue. And then I moved to Queens until age 14 and then out to Long Island. And okay. then, so I've got it all covered. Um, but, you know, St. Dominic's was a great experience for me. Uh, the values at the school and uh, lifelong friends there. So it's, um, it's the reason if Iona was in West Virginia or Kentucky or Pennsylvania, I would still be in Greece coaching in the EuroLeague. But because it's back home, uh, I wanted to return home for the last remaining years that I, I get the opportunity to coach. And I'm just super excited to be the head coach there. Thanks. Uh, Jerry Tipton. Sorry, Jerry, go ahead. There we go, sorry. Hey, Rick, what uh, what movie are your guys seeing uh, this evening? And uh, how is it living uh, in the bubble? Well, the bubble's not a lot of fun, but it's a necessity. You know, you, you just go to your room, you go to your, your after you pass the COVID test, you go to where you have film and and you go to places where um, um, you practice, depending on what site you're at. Uh, so not a whole lot of fun, not much to do. And uh, we have a few movies picked picked out. I'm not sure we have about four that we're going to watch. I'm not sure which one we're watching tonight. Thanks. Good luck. Thank you. Next, we'll go to Dan Wolken. Hey, Rick, I was curious if you uh, had any impressions from what you've seen of, of Nate Oates. I mean, he's a guy who... 
you know, plays uh, a style uh, it seems like that, that you as a coach would appreciate. And he also seems to coach with a lot of confidence uh, and, and, you know, maybe even a little bit of uh, friction. Uh, just kind of curious what you've seen from him and if, if you have like watching his teams play. I, I enjoy watching his teams play immensely. Uh, I don't know him. I guess this is his first year at Alabama. Um, and I, I don't know him real well, uh, uh, but he, he's, he seems like a terrific coach. I don't know anything about the friction part, but seems like a terrific coach. And uh, certainly we've got a lot of respect for, for what he puts on the floor and, and how hard they play. And, and that's a compliment to him and his staff. Pete Ruff. Yeah, hi, Coach. Uh, I was just curious because it's been so many ups and downs this year at Iona with all the pauses and all. Uh, teams grow as the season goes on, but since you've had so many breakups, how have you seen this team grow uh, differently than you may have seen teams in the past grow? It's because of the COVID and all the ups and downs you've had. I haven't seen them grow too, uh, grow too much basketball-wise because – we missed almost 60 days of practice, two months. So we haven't really improved that much because we haven't practiced that much, but I've seen a, a seen a huge growth in them uh, off the court as people uh, in terms of their resilience, in terms of handling adversity, in terms of, in terms of their mental toughness. Um, and I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. Uh, next we'll go to Tim Sullivan. Hey, Rick, uh, just curious, uh, this is the first year of, the, of your system being implemented at Iona, and you obviously had a lot of interruptions. Uh, is it typical for, for your teams to respond more in the second year or, and, uh, and pick up uh, some of the nuances that uh, uh, down the road? Because uh, you know, obviously you, it's not been an optimum experience for you. Well, you're right, Tim. I, I think at Louisville, it was first year NIT. Kentucky was, when I took over, two, they were on probation for two years. And Providence, same year, NIT. The difference is here, I haven't had a chance to do anything defensively except put in man-to-man. -man. We haven't played We pl haven't played any zone. We haven't put in our multiple presses. We've just had enough time to work on our man-to-man. -man. And that's not all that bad. Because I think one of the reasons why we didn't reach our potential in those first years is we tried to put the whole system in at once and then recruit players to the system. And here we were able to concentrate on one defense and we became pretty good at it because of that. Mm -hmm. As a follow-up, uh, it was referenced earlier that, that you've said that this is your last coaching stop. Uh, there's already been speculation about you and IU and, and probably some other places. Would you reiterate that, uh, that you found a home? I think IU is one of the best jobs in all of coaching. I've got great respect for their program. Coached against Coach Knight many times. And um, I'm not a candidate for Indiana or any job. And you could come to me with the greatest job on earth, and I would not consider it. Um, I came home to coach and end my career at a small Catholic school. Uh, Providence, Providence College was very dear to my heart for those two years I was there. My one of my big regrets is I didn't get a chance to spend enough time there. And uh, I've, I've been very lucky that the president and the athletic director flew over to Madrid, Spain. Uh, they, they knew me for years, followed me at, 
at clinics as young players and coaches. They knew what I was all about. They, they knew my family, they knew my friends and they, they, they called a myriad of players that played for me. So they did their homework, they did their research and I owe them everything, their loyalty and I'm not going anywhere. Uh, if I go anywhere, it's gonna be retirement and um, I'm not looking forward to retiring anytime soon, but I'm looking forward to building a special program at Iona. We're in the infancy stages of recruiting there We've got to get um, players that you see on the floor at Alabama, although I'm very fond of the players I have. We've got to get that type of length and that type of uh, talent. Thank you. I'm going to butcher this name, Tony Shukalis. Yeah, you got it right. Good job. Um, uh, Rick, uh, you talked a little bit about Nate Oates as a style and how fun it is to watch how hard is it to go up against and what challenges does it present well anytime you have players that can put it on the floor and they're, and they're, they're four men they're three men that, that you have to contain the basketball and once you contain it you have to rotate and they they shoot so many three-point shots and then you turn around and they're one of the best defensive teams in the nation so it's not easy Certainly, but you know, anytime you go against a one seed or a two seed, Alabama probably is every bit as good as any of the one seeds. So it's um, it's difficult, you know, when you're a 15 seed and you're going against a team of that talent, it, it's difficult, but no more difficult than any of the other 15 or 16 seeds. The challenge is there, and you've got to get ready for it. AP Stedham. Hey, Coach, uh, congratulations on making the tournament with another team. And uh, this is Coach Oates' second year. But uh, I want to ask you, as a basketball scientist, when you're watching uh, Alabama, is there one player in particular, if they negate uh, his effort, that it changes things for Alabama? You know, not really. We, we all know, obviously, they're, they're terrific, and we all know they have the player of the year. But they really use their five men. Uh, in, in a unique way, their point guard is outstanding. The the twos, threes, you know, shackle, but they're all terrific. They're, every one of them, he uses them all. Uh, the dangerous weapons, they play extremely hard. Uh, they're they down 20 points to people. They come back and they win the game. So they're mentally and physically tough in the final minutes of play. So no, I, I, it's not one person, it's their system. You've got to focus on the whole thing, but they're, they're all terrific. I've got great respect for all their players. Eddie Pels. Eddie. Okay, there I am. Rick, um, I know you got to practice in Sunday night and then there was some talk that the NCAA had, had tweaked a few things with its with its COVID protocol. And what I was wondering is like, was that just presented to you as an option? Did you go to them asking them what you could do or how did that all work? Well, we were given the practice time. We had to pass two COVID tests before we could practice. So we didn't know if, if we were gonna practice that night. And I gave four guys basically off, the guys who played a lot of minutes um, in the four games. And I practiced the other guys who really didn't get a lot of minutes. So. Um, 
we just found out uh, late afternoon that we, we had the ability to practice and we took advantage of it. And then my other one kind of unrelated, so, sort of a weird week for your, your kid. Uh, are you happy, sad, both? Uh, I'm a later. Uh, my son, I've always said this, uh, obviously you love your children, but my son has learned under me as well as Billy Donovan. He's more like Billy Donovan than he is me. Um, he's a class young man. Um, he handled his, his firing with dignity and class. He handled his eight years at Minnesota with tremendous class. He was a top uh, 16 team this year in basketball and lost his two guard, lost his center and ran into a bad run because of it. But he's a tremendous young coach, just like Billy Donovan was at his age. And uh, I'm super excited because the athletic director there is linked with Billy Donovan and uh, he, he's a special AD and uh, it's really a dynamic duo with both of them. I know he's going to do big things at New Mexico. I've had uh, over 30 assistants go on to become head coaches and he's as good as any of them. And uh, I'm real proud of him. He's a terrific young man and very excited for New Mexico and very excited for his family. Thanks. Light one out. Can I pray, sir? Hey, Coach, I just wanted to ask you, you know, one of the things that stands out is Alabama's played 30 games. I think you've played 17. Uh, what does that difference in experience uh, uh, factor into uh, what you're dealing with on uh, Saturday? I don't think it's a number of games, but the number of practices we missed. We missed over 50 practice days, and that hurts more than the games, certainly. Um, but Alabama's very experienced, very long, very talented basketball team. And as I said, I appreciate teams that are great at both ends of the floor, and they are. Thanks, Coach. Let's go back to Barbara. Uh, Rick, I, I mean, you just touched on this. I mean, missing, you know, 50 practices. I mean, coaching in the time of COVID and getting a team, you know, back to where you are now um, into the tournament. Where does this rank with all the accomplishments that you've, you've done? You've had many accomplishments, but is this right up there just because of everything that's gone on? Well, you know, you never know. Um, when you look back, it's, it's tough to measure accomplishments. I, I, I think that this is a team that I don't know as well as my other teams because we haven't spent enough time together. We, we're sort of, it's patchwork that I've never had in, in the months of, of December, January, February, March, I've never had to get people in shape again to play the game so they don't have an injury. That was difficult. But you know, I, what I told the team over and over and over, I, I said to them constantly, I said, guys, this is not adversity. This is just some detours. Adversity is when uh, you witness out there 500,000 deaths and people can't even have funerals and loved ones can't even visit us, visit their loved one to see him and say goodbye to them. And I said, that that's real adversity. I said, right, right now, what we're going through is just uh, postponements in a basketball season. We'll get through it fine. And uh, so don't, don't think it's, 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 it's a major detour. It's not. And, and the guys handled it with dignity and class and never complained, uh, even though they were, they were shut down in a small room for 10 days without any, even any fresh air. So they, they were very resilient, uh, very strong, and um, they've come back in a big way because the MAC, uh, I will say this, our conference, obviously it's not a high-powered conference, but 
Uh, I've been so fortunate in my lifetime. I coached against Frank McGuire, I think his last game, coached against Dean Smith, Bob Knight, uh, some of the great coaches in the history of the game. And the, the coaches in this conference, the MAC conference, I, I think are really terrific. Every one of them are creative. Uh, they don't, they understand, they don't have the talent of and length of some of the power five conferences, but boy, are they creative and outstanding coaches. Uh, guys I recruited like, um, um, you know, King Rice and, and Steve Massiello and Shaheen Holloway, you know, they, they're guys I recruited, followed their careers, and now I'm old enough to be coaching against them. <laughs> Joseph Goodman. Yeah, Rick, uh, two questions. First, what still motivates you as a coach? And then secondly, uh, the NCAA is at a critical place right now. Just wondering, what's the, what do you think the most important aspect of reforming it is? Reforming it in what sense? sense. Uh, just going, uh, going forward uh, through the NIL process um, and, and getting through the 2017 investigations. Well, you know, I'm, the, I'm, I'm not going to live in a glass house and throw stones at anybody, uh, but I, I can tell you, uh, years ago, I had a press conference saying we had to get the shoe companies out of our business. We had to get uh, certain elements out of our business. And I still believe that today. Um, I don't think, um, I, I do think the NCAA has to, the less rules, the better. Um, I do think they have to make sure that um, players today can can sell their likeness. You know, I, I've always been in favor of players being able to wear the shoe that they want uh, and, and have their own shoe contracts. But that's probably never going to happen because the colleges have their own shoe deals. But uh, I, I think the players, if, if we want, sooner or later, the pros are going to take away our talent because they're going to go to the G League or they're going to go overseas and, and they're going to go from high school to, to it. Um, and unless we get smart enough to understand that we need to protect our, our, our players and, and have them the ability to make money while they're in college, we're gonna lose our talent. And uh, that's not good, but that's for uh, greater minds to think about than mine. Um, as far as what drives me, you know, I spent two years outside the game and then I had an offer to go to a great franchise in Greece, Panathinaikos, and coaching the EuroLeague, where I, I learned so much about a different brand of basketball. Um, I said to my wife, let's go to Greece. And she said, I'm not going to Greece. We have 12 grandchildren. I'm, I'm not leaving them. And said, but you're going. And I said, why? I said, you can't live without it. I watch you with, with sadness, stay up in the middle of the night and watch the Phoenix Suns play at, at 11 o'clock at night and 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 you need to go. You can't live without it. And uh, you'll be, you, you'll regret it for a long time if you don't take this job. And I, I took off on Christmas Eve from Miami to Newark, got on a plane, coached two years, had a blast, experienced things like Istanbul and Moscow and, and uh, Spain and Italy and Germany and, and Tel Aviv. And it was the players I was coaching in Panathinaikos. I loved, um, as you know, I'm going to be the, I may not know, I'm going to be the national coach of Greece and met so many friends. It was just a wonderful experience. And if it wasn't for Iona, uh, being back home, I would have never, ever left that pro, uh, that franchise. Tyler Martin. Uh, 
Jalen, just wanted to ask you, you know, you mentioned about, you know, you appreciate teams that are really efficient on both ends of the ball. And one of those players that have garnered so much respect in this country is Herbert Jones. Just when you watch the film of Alabama, what have you seen from the SEC player of the year? Well, there's not a whole lot he can't do. Uh, he's a factor defensively. He's, he's the difference maker when it gets tough. He'll make the big defensive plays. Uh, he'll, he'll create mismatches in the low post. Uh, he's very active. Um, just a terrific basketball player. I really enjoy watching him. Um, you know, I, I love players like that. Uh, I need to recruit a few of those front court players like him. Uh, and, and we think we're on the way to recruiting guys like him, uh, maybe not as good right away, but uh, have that type of length and have that ability to play every second as if it's a less second on earth. Cecil Hurt. Coach Hutt, this is Cecil Hurt from Tuscaloosa News, and this is a little off topic, but I'm, I'm doing a column about all the many connections your years in the SEC and so forth. And if you don't mind, if I could ask you um, about a memory about C.M. Newton. Well, in my lifetime, I've had the greatest athletic directors, and I've been close to all of them. John Simpson, Lou Lamarillo. I, I just bought season tickets to the New York Islanders, and I'm, not, I'm a hockey fan, but not a big hockey fan, just because I love Lou Lamarillo. And then certainly C.M. Newton at Kentucky was as great a person uh, and AD as I've ever met, just uh, the expression country gentleman uh, really describes CM Newton. Uh, Tom Jurich at Louisville was in the class of those guys. And now I got another guy at Iona, Matt Glavowski, who also is in that class, a little bit younger, but CM Newton was as good as it gets. Uh, just a wonderful human being. I was very fortunate to be so close with CM. I actually hired him as a scout with the Boston Celtics. Um, and that's how much I thought of his basketball acumen and a great AD, great basketball coach, great person. Thank you. Michael Casag sorry. Michael Casagrande. Yeah, Rick, just wanted, uh, I don't know if you saw that Nate said the other day that he used to uh, watch your coaching tapes when he was in high school, when he was trying to uh, figure out his way in the coaching game. I don't know if you'd heard that. And uh, just do you see any yourself uh, in him, a younger version of yourself in uh, NATO today? You know, I, I don't know, Nate, I'm watching his teams. I think he's a terrific coach. Um, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know of any player in the country, high school or, or junior college that wouldn't want to play in that system. Again, uh, my son, uh, I, I said to him just today, I said, you, do you know, Nate? He said, great guy, dad, you would like him a lot, uh, but I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him. Um, not probably not looking forward to meeting him and his team, but, uh, you know, he's doing a great job. The Alabama program, you know, sometimes um, had, had those moments with Wimp Sanderson, had those great moments in the past, and now they're back. Uh, they're one of the top teams in the country, and what a year they're having with football and now basketball. It's just uh, incredible for that university. Okay, we have two more. Mike Roberts. Hi, Rick. I was uh, just wondering how difficult it was to uh, get your guys back in shape kind of after that long layoff and get back into the flow of a season. You know, we're still not in great shape. Um, the strength of our team is our backcourt. And my one player, Isaiah Ross, when 
he actually scored 31 points and had COVID. He went home, looked at his computer, and he tested positive, and he had 31 points, played his best game of the season. So um, we're getting there. Uh, we rely uh, a lot on our backcourt. Uh, Asante Gist, who you'll meet um, in a few minutes, and Isaiah Ross are, are two very experienced, terrific backcourt players. Uh, they're both great guys, uh, fun to coach, good leaders. Um, and we have a tri-captains with uh, Dylan Van Eyck, the three of them. Uh, I replaced a coach uh, that got sick. Uh, he didn't coach last year. But we've had so many great coaches that I own are going back to Jimmy Valvano, who recruited Jeff Rulin, one of the top players in the country, um, Pat Kennedy and Jeff Ruland and Kevin Willard and Timmy Welsh all had great runs, but Tim Kloos was just, he was a high school coach at St. Mary's in Manhasset, a division two or three coach in college. And then he came, I think he was a policeman. I, he came in and just did eight spectacular years at Iona. I believe at eight or nine went to six NCAAs and I hope Tim is doing well today, but he, he just had a longevity at Iona that was very special. And I, I hope I can do half the job that he, did, he has done at that school. And last question, Mike Rodak. Rick, you mentioned the, the Friars and, and Billy Donovan. Just what do you remember most about that 87 game? And are there any parallels between uh, that PC team and, and your current team this year? You know, I really didn't think of it until they mentioned it. Uh, somebody mentioned it. But I'll tell you the parallel. I thought that that Alabama team was almost invincible. And then when you watch this team, I don't know that I'm not an expert on Alabama basketball history, but I would probably say the, that team and this team are the two greatest basketball teams in Alabama history, if I had to guess, but I don't, I'm not an expert on that. So we were able to beat them that night. Interesting enough, they shot, they had McKee, Farmer, Gottfried, um, Ansley, I think his name was, can't believe I'm remembering these names. But anyway, they had an awesome team. And they shot, my memory serves me right, 57% in the game. And I think we shot 68% in the game. And it was really never a game. We blew them out. Uh, but to me, looking back on, on my basketball life, that was a, one of the biggest surprises of my life, that we were able to play with that team uh, because they were so good. This team, the Alabama team, is much better than that team at the defensive end. Uh, this team is relentless on defense. This team is not going to allow us to shoot 67 or 68%. I can assure you of that. So we've got our work cut out for us. Okay, thank you, Coach. In a couple of minutes, we'll have Asante. Okay, if there are questions for Asante, please raise your hand. Eugene? Eugene? Asante, what would you say was the biggest takeaway from that 2019 game against UNC? And what's been your message to your teammates that haven't been to the tournament before? <clears throat> I would say the biggest thing from that game was you know, because um, rebounding, you know, I think they killed us on the glass 51 to like 29. So that might have been the biggest thing was 
you know, just rebounding. And I would say, you know, I've just been telling my guys, you know, just take it in because it's a once in a lifetime experience. But also, you know, we have great confidence in ourselves and we understand how, you know, big this game is and, you know, just, just, just locked in, you know, we, you know, I'm, that's all I really want to tell them is, you know, just have fun, but also be locked in at the same time and understand that this is something that's serious and that we're going to look back years later. And, you know, if we're able to do something special, we'll be remembered for a long time. And do you feel like all of the obstacles you guys faced throughout the year has helped, you know, prepare you for another moment where the odds are stacked against you, um, you know, going up against a two seed? Well, um, yeah, you know, I feel as though, you know, the leaders of the team, you know, you know, all of us, you know, we've been, you know, kind of like overlooked and things like that our whole entire lives. So that just built perseverance in all of us, you know, so that just trickled down to the rest of the guys. And, you know, for us to be able to do, like I said, to be able to do what we did, you know, with all the obstacles that we faced this year, is just something special, you know, and just being able to do that and be able to be here, because if you really think about it, everything that we endured, we really wasn't supposed to be here. So for us to be able to do that, you know, it's just something special. And I feel as though it built up character in us and also, you know, just built up that perseverance that we need, you know, when we step on the court. Thanks, Asante. Tim Sullivan. Yes, Asante, I was just wondering if you could give us a sense for what Coach Patino's influence has been not only X's and O's, but in, in the, uh, the attitude of your team, the confidence of it, uh, uh, having a Hall of Fame coach at this point in his career. It's been really big for us, you know. Maybe some guys, you know, haven't believed in themselves before, but for him to be able to take a chance on them and, you know, you know them be around him, it built up their confidence, you know. And also, just to give you a story, when we first started this journey, you know, to the MAC tournament, he said that he was packing, I think it was 11 suits or something like that, eight or eight suits. So, because we were going to the final four. So that just has built, you know, that just had our mindset on something totally different. You know, we went into the tournament thinking like, you know, we're going to get there, we're going to get there. And, you know, if the head if the head of the snake is has that mindset, then all it trickles down to the rest of us. And, you know, it's just, it's just been so great for me, my senior year, being able to be around him and, you know, pick his brain and, you know, the knowledge he gave he gives me on a daily basis and everything he helped he has um, helped me with and you know it's just it's just been a great uh, experience how many clothes are you planning to pack i have a much he packed i'm packing the same thing <laughs> okay thanks we'll go to michael casagrande yeah something just what do you know about alabama as a university i know it's a bit a bigger school than Iona. Uh, just what do you know about the school, the culture, uh, athletics, and what do you think about just going up against a school like Alabama? Um, I really don't, you know, know too much. I've seen them play a couple times this year, and you know they're really, you know, they're a really good team. You know, really talented, long athletic. You know, just a great team. And even watching them on film, you know, I'm really impressed by them. You know, before this, I really didn't know anything about them besides football. You know, so for them to be able to have a season that they had is something special for them. You know, and, you know, that's the really the only thing I know. Like I said, I've seen them play a couple of times this year, you know, and I feel like they're, they're a great team. It's going to be a big challenge for us. But, like, you know, I feel as like though we're up for it and we're ready to play. Thank you. Ken Kreitzer. Thank you. Hi, Asante. Ken Kreitzer, SAL Radio. 
Uh, just tell us about what you've been working on in practice uh, this week and what the experience in Indianapolis has been for you and your teammates. Um, it's kind of been the same thing, you know, just constantly, you know, coach feels we're not in the best shape. So we've been trying to get us even better shape than we already in, that we already are. And, you know, we've just been concentrating and focusing on, you know, you know, the same things that we always have, you know, the deep, on the defensive end before anything else, you know, and also crashing the glass and just trying to um, focus in on every single detail that, we, that we're, that we're going to need in order to get on the court and try to beat this team. And, you know, and down here has been, um, you know, somewhat of a fun experience. You know, we've kind of just been locked in our rooms besides, you know, going to practice and everything. So, you know, just but just the fact of being here, and, you know, and knowing that you're in the NCAA tournament is just all it's all the motivation and, you know, everything that you need in order to stay locked in and stay focused. So that's the biggest thing for us. I was going to ask, have you seen any of the other teams uh, going to and from practice, perhaps? Yeah, we've seen um, a lot of teams. I think in this hotel, what is it, 20, 20 something teams in here. So, you know, we've seen a lot of, you know, the big time programs and different teams. Some people that I know, some people that some of my teammates know as well at different schools, you know, so it's always fun seeing, you know, the guys that you may know or anything walking around. But, you know, this group is just, you know, we're really locked in on, on what we have to do and we're ready to play. Thank you. Have a good week. Stephen Wino. Hey, I have a wacky question for you. Everybody knows the, uh, the One Shining Moment song. Did you ever, as a kid on the, on the play, playground, kind of imagine yourself in that song, hitting a buzzer beater or anything like that? Yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's always been my dream, you know, going to, you know, on the court and stuff. You know, you always count down from five, you know, try to shoot the last second shot to see if you win. And, you know, it's always something that I wanted to experience and try to do. You know, so, you know, we, I think we was in practice coming up this week, too. Coach started playing the song every single day before the before, um, practice started. You know, and some people were, you know, some people got emotional. Some people, you know, it was just like, you know, it's just it's something that I've been dreaming of my entire life. And me personally, I've been dreaming of my entire life. You know, I got here before. You know, a lot of my teammates never have been here, but I've been here before. But now it's, you know, I've been here, so it's kind of like I want to win now. So, you know, that's the biggest thing for me. If there's any.